Good afternoon, print hustlers. This is Bruce from Printavo, Simple Shop Management Software. Very excited and happy to have a guest, Dominic Rosacci, from and founder of Superior Ink Screen Printing out of Denver, Colorado. Dominic, thanks so much for being able to join us today. You got it, man. I'm excited. Thank you. Absolutely. So, how's the shop been? Um, it's been good. We've had an awesome year so far. It's kind of that transitional period between spring and summer. You know, fortunately, we've been pretty busy all at the beginning of the year, just closing out the snowboard ski season and transferring into the summer goods. So we're stoked. It's it's a pretty good sign that it's going to be a good rest of the year. Um, so everybody's firing. We're doing a bunch of construction here and got a lot of changes going on. So morale is good and culture is good. So, That's awesome. You mentioned, yeah, too, that... Your shop, you usually have a slow period, but didn't seem to have that at all this year. Do you, What do you think attributed to that? Um, so normally, like just historically, March is our slowest time of the year. I think it's because, yeah, you close out winter, spider activewear, and they've kind of kept us busy and had, had a good size order at the end of February and into March. So, yeah, it's weird. I know it's different for everybody. I think it's just geographic location. Being in Colorado, it's going to be different than people, you know, in the Midwest and the East Coast. But we've been fortunate to kind of play the summer and the winter since we have so much ski business, ski and snowboard. Mm -hmm. And then we have, you know, the streetwear and lifestyle brands in the summer. Like learning your patterns because they evolve a little bit too. It's not always the same year over year. We're a pretty reactive business. We don't do a lot of sales. So we pretty much react to what comes to us. Which is That's a really cool. different model. Give me a sense of your size. How many people are there? I don't know, rough numbers about the business. We average about 15 people. We have the two automatics. Uh, we're, just, we're actually just upgrading right now to a P18, which is pretty exciting. So yeah, we're, we've been on rock presses for the last couple of years and uh, just added embroidery. I've been super resistant to doing that, but Hunter, our production manager, has been pushing my buttons to get that going. So we just pulled the trigger. So we just added that. Um, but yeah, our, our space, we got about 16,000 square feet. And then we're expanding um, here in the next couple months. We're doing a bunch of TI finish and just growing the space. We just signed another five-year lease. So we're going to nestle in for another five years here, which is That's pretty really exciting. Cool. That's yeah. really exciting. You mentioned you were super against embroidery, but finally gave in. I mean, talk to me about that process. Why, why are you so against it? Just being in the screen print background so long, like it's just more of the craft and like we kind of geek out and using our hands and being super involved in, in the whole process with embroidery. It's like you digitize the thing and you send it to the embroidery machine and you're kind of like at the mercy of the equipment. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> at least that's been my understanding. And that starting to do it I'm realizing that is kind of the case you're not really like tweaking things and crafting it but mm -hmm. you know with this industry it's like all the same customers need embroidery and the more we can minimize what we outsource the less headaches we have I just hate being responsible for the negligence of like other places if things don't get executed it falls on our shoulders mm -hmm. and so at least if something happens I'd, I'd like that to be our responsibility versus leaning on somebody else and just having more control of the process so it's, you know, it's good. It's been great so far. We've only been hammering it out for a couple of months, but so far it's, you know, our customers love that they can come here and get everything done in one place. And I know that's the mentality of most sure. printers to add embroidery at, at some point, you know. Um, but it's just the service being able to offer as much as we can here in our, our own back doors here. 
That's interesting. In Hunter, is your is that him production manager or right hand man or? Yeah, Hunter is like our pre production manager. Um, he's he's kind of the jack of all trades, man. He started as like a young kid. I think I hired him. He, he was like twenty when he started. Uh huh. He was one of those dudes that like was annoying, bro. Like he would email me every day, like looking for a job. <laughs> like who is this kid, dude? He's freaking. It's getting on my nerves. And like finally got to the point where I was like, if this kid is so persistent he's probably going to be a pretty good employee. Sure. And so here we are six years later. Like, we have super, super limited turnover. He's one of the kids that has just excelled, man. He started as, like, a shop around reclaiming and worked his way up to the top. But he has, like, a side business, and he's he's just always trying to get creative. So he's the one that kind of pushed me over the fence there to do embroidery, and he's actually managing that department now Got as it. well as the rest. So. You know, that's interesting you mentioned the turnover. I have seen you guys... I think I've been watching it for the last four or so years, and the same core group that I've seen you were with then, you're with now, which seems very contrary to especially how a lot of production staff can be sometimes, especially in a screen printing shop, right? It's just very highly repetitive, and conditions may not be good, like temperature and everything else going on. I mean, tell me a little bit about that. Like, what, what do you do to keep people motivated and feeling a part of the family. I'll try to explain this without sounding like a squeaky wheel in terms of culture and family and stuff, but you know, really it's, that's what it is. It's like some of these dudes are, and, and it's borderline, you gotta keep a healthy balance, but these dudes are like some of my best buds, you know, like they didn't, I didn't hire friends, but as a business you grow together and you kind of evolve through things together. And I think, just having an alliance together and understanding what our common goals are, where we all want to be in the future, instead of being like the captain that drives this ship, mm -hmm. it's like, oh, this is this is what I envision for my future. It's like a collective alliance where we can say, well, what do you want to be doing in five years? And that's the first thing that I ask when people come on board is like, mm. if you don't really want to be in this industry for five and ten years, it's probably not a good fit for you because I'm trying to like grow a team together. You know, as the company succeeds, it, you got to pass that down to your all-stars. You know, like the most rewarding thing is when your employee says, oh, I bought a new car, or I'm getting moving into a new house. And it's it's rewarding, but it's also like, man, that's that's our customers that you can thank. And building something together and going through struggle together, I think it's like hard for people to just start over and find something new when mm -hmm. you're, you've been through the ringer. And then just also like good reward systems to where you can keep retention and and making sure that you're understanding what their goals are as individuals and you know the goals of their families and just trying to accommodate that. Because if you have a good employee that you can hold for years and years, it's gonna work out way better than you know replacing that person five times over. So sometimes it costs a little bit more and you have to do like little incentives here and there, but in the end, man, you got good people that understand the mechanics of your business and can do everything that they can to to float this thing in the right direction with you as opposed to just working for you. I want to dive into that a little bit deeper too. You mentioned reward systems. What is that really specifically? Like, how does it work? What do you give out? How do you earn that? Yeah, so it changes, you know? It's like, that. that's the biggest thing that I talk about with all of the employees in team meetings, and we do it all the time just so we're on the same page, but it's like, the whole purpose of being profitable as a business is that so everybody in the business can benefit from that. And so, 
you know, it wasn't until this year actually that we started doing like real benefits like health insurance and, and helping these guys out to, to figure out, okay, we all started as groms, like young kids, and it's like you started 12 bucks an hour and you're stoked, and then you hit like 30 years old and you're like, oh, is this really a career or am I just like a printer dude? There's obviously a cap to every position, but if you can kind of work together to say like, what are our goals for this year and, and what are the checks and balances to assure that we hit those, then you can mm-hmm. do, you know, little bonuses and incentives here and there, but also like, you know, money's important to people for sure. You got to be able to survive, especially being in Denver. It's just super expensive to live here. Like, I think the statistics were you got to make, you know, sixty-five to $70,000 a year in order to own a home here. And I, mm-hmm. I believe it. It's just expensive. So, you know, we're not paying people probably what some tech companies or, or other industries are paying, but like we really dive in all the time to what our purpose is and how we can help people and I think that's the biggest contribution and the most exciting thing about Allmade and being a part of that is now that you know I've made an investment into that company with time and passion and purpose and so have these employees too you know the Allmade story coupled with sustainability and how we're making a difference in the industry goes a really long way for us to to sleep good at night and wake up in the morning and know that we have greater value to the world and we can kind of go down that road later but it's like I kind of hit the point where it's, you know, you, I've said this before, but you watch National Geographic and all these things, you're like, man, there's so much crap happening in the world and you want to like spread your, your love and your time into all these different buckets. But I started realizing for us to make the biggest impact is to stay within our domain of competence. And like, we know screen printing and we know that there's room for improvement in our industry. So rather than like branching out into all these different avenues, like let's focus on what we do the best and do it damn well and try to change and evolve our way of thinking through what we know, you know, because otherwise you're spread thin. Sure. And you're kind of wasting your time in all these little channels and it's like, you know, personal philosophy is so contradictory of running a business because like running a business, you have to be, there's good qualities, you have to be driven, but you also have to be like focused on the bottom line and it's it's harder when you're trying to be compassionate, empathetic, and build a future mm-hmm. for other people. So there's a there's a fine balance of like just giving a shit about these people super, sure. super hard. Like loving everybody here and just making sure that I'm making every decision not just for myself but the entire team. I think and I hope that the employees kind of see and recognize that and that's why they feel valued and that's why they want to stay here because they may not be making a million dollars a year but they feel like and I can't speak for them, but you know, based on why they've been around so long, I, I think that it's greatness beyond currency, you know. Yeah. And wanting it, to like drive this ship in the right direction so that we can all be healthy and sure and happy. Is there a really good example that you have of the rewards that you did? It could be small or anything that that somebody else could take to their team and say, okay, I, I you know I should try that. There's a lot. We've we've kicked around ideas before. I mean, spoilage is a big one. So like holding everybody accountable and getting a good system in place to where we can all benefit from lowering our spoilage is like a collective thing. So you can set like little goals and you can set like, you know, small bonuses. If you take your spoilage down from say like, you know, 3% to under 1%, think about how much money you're saving by improving that spoilage count. And then take that number and divvy it up against, you know, amongst the employees to where you can say, all right, this is a 
this is something that we all achieve together. Got it. And like, if the shop is saving money, like I'd rather that money filter down into everybody here than, oh, we just saved money and it's like, cool, let's move on. Because these people are the reason why we saved money and it should go back down to the team, you know, it should sure. stay within the organization. I think that's great. Yeah, I really um, like how you talked about what would you like to be doing in five years and then trying to project what they're doing. Do you give them additional smaller responsibilities to try to help target that and keep track of that along the way? We've done a bunch of stuff, man. Like we've, yeah, we've done a bunch and there's two sides to it, right? You have the production team, which is like the income based people. These are the dudes like driving business. I mean, they're not bringing in the business, but they're, they're the ones bringing in income. Um, all the admins and everybody up front, it's like kind of indirect labor, but they're all part of the process. So they would have different reward systems. You know, one of the things is we've never done commissions on sales because we have essentially customer service representatives. We don't have any outside sales reps. I've never hired a salesperson. Hmm. And I know that that's really backwards. Like a lot of times when I people when I say that, people are like kind of confused. And I think it's just because we've been around for close to 10 years now that just investing our money into marketing and SEO has been the most successful driver of business. But one of the things that I've been resistant to is doing commissions for our people here because I don't want that like competitive type of environment where it's like, oh man, if I could hit this goal and you're, you're kind of like boxing out dude trying to answer the phone because you want this big account. It's like, as soon as you drop commission, the word commission, it's like an incentive based thing. Whereas if you just pay them a good structure and say, all right, collectively as a team, the more business we can gather, the more we're going to have a, a fountain that we can kind of divvy back up to the whole entire staff that makes sense. instead of one person, you know, trying to, to close all these deals and be like the, the head honcho, you know, it's just, <laughs> it's more of a team environment, which is funny, man, because a team environment is like, the, like anti how I got into this thing. Like I was never down with like the team stuff because I'm just pushing skateboards and a snowboarder and like golf is similar where you're just like picking your own lines and like finding out who you are as a person as opposed to a team where you're building each other up. Those same thing, things apply in this business, but also it's like you kind of have to be a team player in terms of an organization where you're all trying to reach a common goal. Yeah. So you're lifting each other rather than taking an individual path, you know. I want to get into that in a second, too. You mentioned marketing and SEO is how you've driven a lot of sales. Breaking down individually, those first marketing, do you sponsor events? What do you feel like helps bring awareness to you guys? Yeah, man. It's funny you say that because I still am trying to find the right recipe. Like, and I know that there's dudes that are marketing gurus that would kind of like laugh at my philosophy because in my mind, marketing is like a more educated form of gambling, but you're still gambling because you're putting money into all these channels and you're not really sure what's gonna be the best return until you do it. Mm -hmm. And nowadays it's a little bit different from when I first started, because like pushing ads on Facebook and, and Instagram and all these things, like that's only within the last like probably five or six years. That wasn't a sustainable platform when we first started. Right. So I, I gotta tell you, man, I've, I've spent a lot of money and wasted a lot of money trying different things um, and what do you failing. find works now? Personally, I feel like if you're a reputable company and you have good reviews and you, you work with a good SEO company to where you're pretty visible in the marketplace, that's probably been the biggest 
success for us. Interesting. Denver custom t-shirts, like the general terms like that. Yeah, man, like super beefed up keywords. And, and I found that, you know, I've worked with different agencies and I have a lot of respect for agencies, especially design agencies. And I don't want to knock marketing agencies, but the problem is like, at least what I found the best recipe is working with like an individual that's very knowledgeable in SEO Got um, that doesn't have as much overhead. Like I yep. paid one dude, I have a monthly retainer with him and he's just a whiz, man. He's super smart and knowledgeable in what he does and he just knows what he's doing and I feel like that's my best money spent. And the other thing is videos. Like videos, we're, you know, and being in this like since I was a young kid, I came up with technology and kind of like worked simultaneously hand in hand with it versus mm-hmm. like having to learn it later. Um, but videos were like huge for us before videos were like really? so accessible. How so? What's an example of video that, that does really well? It's harder now, Bruce, because like before you could you could blast something on, on Vimeo and push it on Facebook when Facebook was fairly new and if you had really good content, people are like well, this is so far ahead of anything I'm seeing in terms of the creative world. Mm-hmm. Now it's really difficult because, like, if we do an educational video and we say, you know, we have really strong keywords like plastisol versus water-based, mm-hmm. that's going to get a lot of views, and it's going to get a lot of views from our industry, not necessarily customers. Sure, exactly. Maybe a little bit of both because if you have a dude that's starting a clothing company, like, he's going to want to know these things. So you're treating YouTube as you would Google. Like, people are searching for educational stuff. Whereas if we put out like a video, we spend all this money and we're like, we're gonna do the dopest video that anybody's seen. It's so hard to keyword that, and it's so hard to get views on YouTube. Because it's right. like, who's gonna look up finding purpose in business? Or like, you know, these, these creative fun projects that we do are not gonna get great retention, but of the people that do watch them, you know, hopefully that attracts them to our company and they can get a view into our culture and separate us out from like kind of monotony of just there's just so much good content man there's so much good content it's really hard to to hold yourself to a high standard whereas five ten years ago it was pretty easy to do i actually i was just googling denver custom t-shirts you guys come up within the first few right below yelp um denver screen printing you're up there and then obviously you've got this youtube channel too which i was just poking around at as well yeah i mean i would say it's hard to be competitive. Like if you're in Wisconsin and you say, all right, SEO dude, we want to be first for Wisconsin screen printing or New York screen printing. Super, super competitive. You got to do that. And you got to go after those keywords. And I'm talking like, like I know what I'm talking about, man. I, I have good people that really help. So I'm going to give you tidbits of what I understand. Yeah. Not fully educated at all, but I mean, like, Ryanet is super good at this, where it's like, all right, instead of just going after these really competitive market spaces for keywords and search terms, let's beef up our education and let's beef up, like, that's the thing about blogs. Like, who the hell reads a blog? And I put all this, like, love into crafting these blogs, thinking, like, man, there's maybe, like, three people that are going to read this. One's my mom. And then, like, another's, like, maybe an employee. But the importance of that is not necessarily like who's reading it and who's like investing their, you know, into what you're saying. But it's like, it's good to beef up that page in terms of like what content is on your website and what are you talking about that's going to relate to the dude that's starting a new clothing brand or or to a marketing director that's running up, that's holding a a 5K race for 30,000 people. Like you got to put yourself in the head of like, 
who are the customers that I want? And if I was them and I was tasked from my boss to like work, look out like for a good printer, like what are they going to search about or what are they going to search for? So understanding who your customer is and being super relevant to like their search terms and how they're going to find you is really important more so than like Denver screen printing. I mean, those, those keywords will come as you're an established domain and you've been around for a while, but it's all the other stuff on the back end, the video content, the, the blogs, the nutrient rich things that you're talking about. And it's cool too, because it's fun to put out good content pieces, to think about stuff in your industry. One of the things is like, I'll talk to the customer service people and be like, what are the top 10 questions that you get over and over? Mm -hmm. like, well, what are, I, why do we pay for screen setup fees? Um, sure. What's, what's, what is plastisoline? And answer those in videos. Yeah, answer it in videos and answer it in blogs and couple that with a video as well so they get the visual format and then they get um, the copy that's going to be total sense. Makes total help, sense. helping your keywords. Yeah, and so it's cool now. Like, dude, I mean, even Printavo and a lot of a lot of the, the shops that have been around the last five years really understand good marketing, whereas, you know, before recently, and still it's like a shot in the dark, man. You're, you're, I'm out there winging it every day trying to figure out like what's the best thing that we can do, what are the best tools that we can put out there for people to find us. Right. And you know, fortunately we've been established a pretty decent amount of time now in Denver and Denver's grown. And I'm fortunate not enough not to be like super, super hungry to get business. It's kind of reacting to who's coming to us and filtering through. You've talked about it a couple times on different medias, but the other thing, man, is like evaluating who is reaching out to you and understanding if it's worth an investment of time because the acquisition cost of onboarding a customer that's going to spend $100,000 a year versus a dude that's going to place an order for $200, those customer service people are pretty much putting in the same amount of time. Yeah. I mean, it's relative. You're going to spend a little bit more time crafting a, a quote and and sourcing garments for a bigger customer, but it's still like a big investment up, up yeah. front. So you That's have to exactly understand. What Mike right? Chung talks a lot about too is just analytically looking at those customers and trying to figure out who to spend more time on. Yeah, that dude's cool. I watched something about that, just evaluating like your top tier customers. That's one of the things we did is we rated rated them one through five. So we have all the ones that are spending, you know, thirty grand or more a year, and those are like your top shelves. Same concept it was as what he was talking about but any good business dude is going to make that evaluation at some point it's like right. dude, we have 50 customers that oh they're the worst man they cost us money they cost all these guys like headaches really really service our top dogs and and figure out what offerings we can bring to the table for them since we are we know they already spent money then investing all these time and these these people that are just causing headaches for everybody in the organization and really don't make money at the end of the day. Exactly. Yeah. So that's pretty interesting, actually. So so the SEO has driven a lot of business, which is good. So just targeting instead of really going for the high level, you know, main keywords that your customer might look for, also trying to target a lot of those long tail keywords, like you're mentioning too, with video and blogs it seems and just how the website's built i'm curious how did you get into screen printing you mentioned skateboarding snowboarding was it like a brand that you were trying to build and then you started printing for yourself or what yeah man i, I know a lot of dudes get into screen printing with the music industry that wasn't me man i could never play an instrument but i was still kind of in that like alternative world like the underworld of not like a bad kid, man, just like into different things than most people. I grew up in Sedalia, which is like way out in the country. Mm -hmm. And 
like my dad got me into snowboarding and, and skateboarding and it was super unheard of out there. It's like, what is a skateboard? You know, like nobody really did that. So I was stoked because it was like something that like an, an, an avenue that I could have individuality and just kind of like find my own niche. So snowboarding was my thing, man. Like I thought that was what I was going to do for the rest of my life and just constant injuries. Like I've broken so many bones doing that. And it was, it was to the point where it's like, man, like this, I'm not going to make it to 20 if I keep injuring myself like this, you know, or be able to so, walk very well. Yeah, man. It was just always. And then I was like missing all this because I was getting surgeries and all this stuff. And so I was like, well, how can I stay in the industry that I love without having to get hurt all the time? And so, man, I was still, I was like, a, I think a freshman in high school, I like threw this idea around of starting a brand and it was very unheard of back then. Like there wasn't a whole lot of like new startup brands cause there wasn't like the internet. And I mean, it was like dial up, you know what I'm saying? Like mm -hmm. it, it just wasn't very easy to do that. So worked with like a promo products company back then, just walking in and, you know, getting merchandise and like, yeah, started a brand called Neobolt back in 2003. And I was just, dude, constantly getting in trouble at school because I was, like, selling stickers and, like, T-shirts and stuff on the bus and at school. And finally, my teachers were just like, man, you can't, like, do that here. You can't be, like, hustling product, you know? Like, that's a cool idea, but right. walking around with, like, a bunch of money. I mean, I wasn't making a ton of money, but, you know, just doing my thing. And so uh, I was trying to research, like, how do I do this without having to go through, like, this company in Castle Rock like to, to get all this merchandise and I kept hearing like screen printers what is a screen printer it's like super like archaic like not knowing what that you know right. what that was and so there's a company called Midwest in Denver and I drove down there I had my mom drive me down there I was like not old enough to drive at the time and just started like learning all this stuff like I, I worked at my grandpa's meat market for a couple years to save up money and got a first screen printer and I was like, sick, I'm ready, man. We're going to hammer this out. And then I was like, well, what do I do? You know what I mean? <laughs> and so I was like, oh, I need screens. Okay, what's a screen? Go back to the company and figure out what a screen is. And uh, luckily, John McGee, he actually works at Union Inc. now. He, he had a skateboard shop in Castle Rock. And he had done screen printing in California. And it was like, he was a man, dude. He knew it was up. So he wrote me a list. He's like, you need screens, pallets palette mask and like I went to Home Depot and grabbed like whatever I could and got the rest from Midwest and so winging it man like it took me like two and a half months to burn my first screen in my basement you know typical story dude like it's yeah, this yeah. Is nothing new than most people but it's just it's funny like the evolution of and, and honestly the disadvantage you have without the internet because you're relying on sales reps man I'd have to like have them come out to my house in the country to like show me how to what a dark room is and how to expose screens and right, so right. yeah man it, you know there's a lot of there's a lot to talk about with that but really yeah just getting into the apparel business through starting your own brand and then you know I was in high school I was like a sophomore or junior met a dude in Breckenridge I was at this party I was like 16 and everybody was partying I was on the couch just like working on the first version of Illustrator mm -hmm. and he was a sick designer in LA and he's like oh that's that's rad. You're like not drinking and like getting all crazy or over here, like grinding out designs. And he like kind of made the investment in me early on. And I went out to, uh, to visit him in LA 
and like I didn't even realize it, but he was like an amazing street artist. Uh-huh. And he's like, I've been to kind of screen print too. And so I kind of like nerded out with him just as like a young kid skateboarding in Santa Monica. And we ended up designing like this apparel collection for T.I. Remember T.I., big big things popping? Yeah, yeah. That rapper? So we designed his whole like first um, get up like on that album cover. And it was sick because we were using all these metallic inks and stuff. And like, wow. Yeah, doing this in LA just as like a young kid. I was like, it's like this a huge is, like, blown out design, I'm sure. And... Yeah, man, it was huge. We were printing it by hand. It was like all these like razor blade textures. And so at that point, I was like, man, this is like super, super rad. I could probably do this forever. Went home, pretty much like walked in. I don't know if I should say this, but I'm going to, anyways. But I walked into my um, principal. His name was Tony Capis, this Italian guy. And I was like, Hey, Tony, can I call you Tony? He's like, no, you can't, first of all. And I was like, um, man, I started this business. You know, I, I, I got to move it out of the house and I got to get this garage. And I had actually done that at the time. And I told him, like, man, I just, I'm trying to make, make this business happen and school is, like, interfering with it. And I was like, I don't think I can come here anymore. And he, like, shook my hand, dude, and he was like, well, best of luck to you. And you know what? It's probably not like the smartest thing to do is just to walk out of high school. But I'll tell you what, man, like if you're so driven to make something work, it's really hard to stop a person. And I'm super fortunate now that it worked out. Could have gone the other way, could have failed. And I wouldn't have this high school education. But that's, I'm just being honest with my story. That's kind of how it happened. And and from that point, it was, dude, I got it this has got to happen. Otherwise I'm in big trouble. And then, so how did, how yeah. Did that, yeah. How did that transition? Right. Because now you, you got to make um, it work, right? Yeah. So it was really hard to like, you know, I was producing my own stuff and then selling it out at the big hit. It was a snowboard shop in Breckenridge and it was doing really well. Like they were selling out consistently, but you know, it was so hard to like manage inventory. You're a young kid, dude. I was just like, I didn't know anything. And my rent at the time was 525 bucks. About the time that I was really struggling and like, what did I do? My buddy had a tattoo shop in Breck at the time called Purple Lotus. Mm-hmm. And we did his shop shirts and it was like a $700 invoice. And I was like, oh dude, I just paid my whole month's rent in one job. And like, that was a pivotal moment for me because it was like, really hard to manage my own brand and produce my stuff and learn screen printing with no help and like no internet videos to to search on sure sure so that was like a moment where i was like maybe it makes sense to start printing for like other companies because i don't have to invest that money that i don't have into inventory i can just do what they tell me to do and so that was like the first job i had and then i started slowly like building the business on working with other people around that time like my mom got a divorce and we were Mm -hmm. living in Sedalia and she got divorced and it was like a whole bad thing and this was a couple years later after I had like at least got my feet planted and I was like ma I don't know anything about books like I don't know what even QuickBooks is I'm trying to make this business work but I'm struggling I was like why don't you come help do the books and she like onboarded this was like two years after I started the business and it was a huge relief because I didn't have anybody to help me out with like financial stuff I didn't know what I was doing and she's been with me ever since, man. Like, but my mom was the first employee, and it was a crazy dynamic, dude, because you hire your mom. First right. Of all, How does that work? Oh, I mean, who's the boss? It was, like, it was crazy. Like, we weren't really making a whole lot of money, but it was, like, the biggest motivation I've ever had in my life because I'm like, now my mom's invested my crazy pipe dream, like this skateboard hood rat kid that's like, I'm going to start a clothing brand. 
and now she's invested in it. And you know, she wasn't like super financially set. So we're like, we gotta do this shit together. From that point, it's like, my mom's counting on this. All right, we're gonna grind. And I like literally skipped, man, like the whole like party time of my life when, you know, kids are getting out of high school and going to college and partying and all this stuff. I was head down, like grinding, the, way harder than I even do now. It was like those first five years was like make or break. Right. And, my mom's dependence on the company was like, all right, there's just no way I can fail. So that was a huge, huge step for me to get to where I am today. It's just like taking that like leap of faith and then having other people invest in it. And, you know, you can't trust anybody more than your mom. So it's been a, it's, it was a weird dynamic and it still kind of is because like, like I'm her boss, but also like she's, she wants to be the boss too, you know? She's yeah, like, yeah. She's like, she's, yeah, but you're my son. <laughs> yeah. It's, Have you guys ever gotten into arguments or? Oh, dude, all the time. All the really? Time. But it's like, it's all love. And this, since the day that I told my mom I was like quitting school and doing this, she was like, all right. She was just like, dude, trust, so trusting, like the raddest mom to ever have. And like, but all she put all the risk to do this with me too and like you know now you know she never had like education on how to do books and accounting so she was winging it too and now we have a cpa and account manager and she's she's really taken more of an hr role which is awesome because like everybody at the shop calls her mom uh -huh. and go to her with like more like empathetic compassionate sure. stuff where i can focus on the business but it's a cool dynamic and we're both like healthy moms making you know the money that she needs to and and all the employees are happy so i didn't mean to segue into that but no i i think that's story. really cool it's very unique and i wonder if that also creates you, you kind of talk about that family environment before that limiting turnover and this and that and i wonder if that also contributes to part of that culture it probably so, is man like she brings something that i don't have the ability to and that's the more nurturing motherly side and uh -huh. the employees like really a lot of these guys dude, don't have a ton of family here their moms are at home a lot of them are transplants to colorado so it's like probably pretty rad for them to have that yeah that's been more into like the family circle so yeah sure. it's cool man that's awesome you mentioned there were a couple pivotal moments in the business and and i know the first is sustainability that you talked about very briefly but i wanted to dive into that especially because i know you're really big you preach a lot about it's all over the website i mean even just the branding and everything about it um obviously wanting to be a part of all made and where did that come from why did it become important to you you know i think money is a big hindrance of a lot of things because if you're constantly stressed about like how am i going to make this work you can't really see big picture Mm -hmm. as soon as we made the money that we had to to survive like once you get past survival you're not necessarily thriving but you're at that weird in-between spot where you're like i know i can make this work but i gotta do something that brings more value to my life than just being a business owner and i i, I have a weird way of thinking man but like i always think about how much money there is and like you go to Telluride or you go to San Diego, you're like, dude, people have gnarly like $30 million houses. And you think about that lifestyle. And for me, it was like, you know, that would be pretty rad to have, but I would get super burnt out. So while I'm young, like, let me figure out how to like bring value beyond currency to what I do. Mm -hmm. And it goes back to that. Like you want to make a difference. 
but there's so many channels and you can spread yourself thin so quickly trying to do all these different things. Like, do I want to help animals? Do I want to help the planet? Do I want to help people? And I kind of came back to like, all right, man, like what can I do as a person to feel super, super stoked when I'm 50 and I look back like, yeah, mm. I like, you know. the, that's the uh, Jeff Bezos thing. He always says, I want to be 80 and look back and be like, okay, I accomplished everything I wanted to do. Yeah, dude. And like, you know, everybody's different. And, and like money is a big thing. Like you always, you don't want to be struggling. You want to live a cush life and stuff. But I think for me, I was like, ah, oh, that shit will come later. I got, a, I got a lot of years to grind out and be a good person. And then, you know, if, if I do things correctly and I, have good intentions that that may happen but if we don't have a healthy planet man like helping people in all these different causes like it's still important for the present moment but if you don't have a healthy planet that's that's all like hard work it's not going to go very far so in 2016 i won't get into a ton of detail i've, I've told the story before but we had a customer that was like crushing man it got, got us out of like any financial stress that we had we were like uh -huh we were doing okay um it was very strenuous but it was like it got us past that point of struggle these employees the same employees that i have now talk about retention were like bro this sucks like i feel like a robot and this is not what i got in for i come in at you know six in the morning leave at six at night and i'm like back hurts and tired i don't want to do this and i was like mm -hmm. man that's yeah we didn't get into this dude we like got into this for like the whole craft and the art and so i i really like had a moment where i was like is this really what I got into this for? And it totally sure. wasn't. So I was like, well, what is value? Like, what is purpose? Why, why do, what is purpose? I just started asking people that. Like, what's your purpose? You know, like, just in random settings. And it was kind of cool to see the reaction of people because people are like, I don't, I don't know. My purpose? What do you mean? <laughs> and like, I was like, yeah, I know. I don't know my purpose either. So I kind of got to the drawing board. Like, well, I don't really know much. Like, I'm a skateboard kid and I know screen printing. All right, what can I do to make a difference? Well, I, this industry is kind of gnarly. I could start by like figuring out what's going on and what could change in the industry. All right, what inks do we use? What chemicals do we use? These lights are super gnarly. Like, how can we replace those? So it just started small and collaborating with like ink suppliers and certain things. And about that same time, Ryan and I were Ryan Moore and I were golfing, and I was like dude, could we like melt plastic and make spatulas? Like uh -huh. how do we recycle our plastic? And, and they're like kind of on that subject. And he's like, well, I think it's more like the garments that are the worst thing. And he's like, I'm about to go to Haiti in a couple months and uh, look at this operation. And I was, I was like, whoa, that's crazy. Tell me how that goes. And he came back and we like reevaluated. And that's like kind of where all made was the very, very early stages. Mm -hmm. And it was at a perfect time because that was right where I was like, man, we got to change things. We got to, we got to do better in this industry. And then it was just, it was just a perfect alliance. And so with evaluating what we do as a company and then kind of coupling with all made and like bringing that into it, it was like, boom, pitching the employees about it. Like, what do we want to do? What is our purpose of getting them invested? And it just changed our whole morale and it kind of like just streamlined us into this more like, like a higher, like you mentioned, a higher purpose. Yeah, that's interesting. And so, higher and purpose so, and like just like higher frequency of thinking. And like, I don't want to sound like hippie, but like just a different vibrancy where you're like coming in, like, yeah, man, you know, Gordy and all these guys are like, 
you know, we started evaluating our carbon footprint and like went through the certification process with city of Denver. Cause I didn't know the first thing about changing to, to go green, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so they helped us with that. But then like, I was like, man, all these employees are like, dude, I just got a recycling bin. Where I got to get a second one. Cause like, and they're, they're applying the same things that we're applying to this business to their personal life, which is kind of backwards. Cause normally you change as a person and then you evaluate, evaluate your business and what your business can improve on. Mm-hmm. Um, it was kind of like, ping, 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 like we're evaluating things here. It's, it's affecting the personal lives of every person. And then you're just coming into work, like just uh, a different mindset, you know? Right. So that's interesting. So you feel like it sounds like that also helped mesh and keep everybody together, especially pushing through some of the highs and lows. Am I right? Or? For sure. Yeah, definitely. It just brings another element of satisfaction into your life. You know, and it's like, I think sustainability is a weird word. It's not like that cool of a thing. Yet, you know, it's like, yeah, it's just, you know, but the thing is, is like, if you want to separate yourself, so you can be the squeaky wheel and say, "Oh, we have quality. We have great quality products." It's like, man, sure. that was burnt out in the '70s. Like everybody has quality. I mean, if you don't have somewhat quality, you're not going to be business. So, but sustainability. Like I've been trying to make sustainability cool, and it's kind of like we're kind of in a good spot because, like, you have you didn't know what Whole Foods was ten years ago. Now it's like people. That's all they they want to eat organic stuff. I think apparel is like there's you know we Ryan and I talk about it. 10-year buffer between like food and apparel it just hasn't caught up with our industry yet so you know when we first started this thing it's like sustainability was not it's like yeah whatever dude that costs more it's like not that it's not that cool thing and now it's now it's more like all right well everybody's trying to find some purpose and passion in their life you know it's like the planet gets more and more successful financially i know there's crazy stuff going on but like everybody wants to find value and this has given us that ticket which has been cool and, and definitely to your point it's helped with culture and purpose and stoke you know yeah I, you know it's funny listening to you talk about this and these different aspects of the business all seem to very closely contribute to the culture and the team right so i mean you talked about you know your mom there and bringing that kind of motherly aspect to the shop you talked about the more rewards and 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 showcasing people and doing good work and giving back, you know, for reducing things like spoilage. You talked about this and sustainability. Like they all are kind of interesting pods to like almost like pillars, right? To to the business. So yeah, dude, for sure. I will say one more thing on uh, incentive stuff because I didn't really cover that super well. But um, uh-huh. every almost everybody in here has their own like side hustle brand, like a clothing brand or something, mm-hmm. something that they're stoked on. That's one thing too. Is like. Mikasa, Sukasa, like these dudes, they can grind as late as they want and use all the equipment for their own personal clothing brands. Sure. And that's one of the things I get stoked on too. It's like we've already built this foundation. There's no reason why the employees shouldn't have the opportunity to. And I know that doesn't probably work for every environment, but the trust is so deep here that it's like I'm happy to have this equipment, and it's it's really not a lot of sweat off me or like financial burden for them to do their own things and start their own passions, you know? Um, I hope that everybody stays here for a long time, but if they don't, I want them to take everything that they've learned from this business and apply it to their own, either their own business or their next endeavor. And so I think that's a pretty rad incentive for people to be, you know, and just like skateboarding around here and just being happy, but also like loving as a, as a business owner, you know? Like, right. I think that goes a long way just to be a human and just to show emotion and be vulnerable and, you know, 
when people go through crappy stuff, just, I don't know. My grandpa was always really good at that. He just like knew every employee. He knew about their families. And even though he had like 300 employees, he like loved on people. And that, not, not to be like super cheesy, but I think it's important to like you work, you know, we work with each other more than like we see our families and stuff. Yeah. So damn well, better be close to each other. Yep. I completely so. agree. Dominic, what about today? You know, you're talking, you told me that the construction is going to start soon again. But so, I mean, it sounds like you're moving or expanding or things like that. What are you thinking about on, on how things are going now? It's really easy to, um, to be innovative for a while and then get in a rhythm. And then before you know it, like innovation is kind of creeping up on you. So right now, I'll speak to this because I feel like a lot of people in our industry are probably going through the same thing where you're going to this like Amazon model and on demand and fulfillment. Like a lot of people are requesting fulfillment. So for me, um, I'm trying to figure out a way that we can really adapt to what our, what the marketplace is doing with this expansion. You know, we're trying to build out more like platforms to where we can compete with, you know, different like printful model and custom ink model where, you know, clothing brands, like you don't want to send 10,000 shirts to somebody's house and make them fulfill it. So right. we haven't done fulfillment to this point, but that's, you know, just thinking like what's next for the industry in terms of like technology and where it's going. Cause I don't want to be left in the dust. I don't want to be one of those crusty old guys that like never has adapted or evolved to the marketplace. And then before he knows it, like it's yeah. already like way ahead. So for today, it's just like investing a lot of money into the space that we're in just for like the well-being of the people here and having a good environment and workspace. And then also thinking about like, you know, what's next for technology, what's next for our industry so that we can be ahead of the curve and not, not, you know, behind it. So are you, are you adding more space to store inventory? Is that what you're talking about? Or more of direct to garment type of fulfillment? Direct to garment is not my cup of tea. That's probably, you know, it's, we tried it for a little bit. It wasn't a good fit for our model. We may have to pick that back up down the road. But yeah, we're expanding more space just so that we can we can do inventory management and, and store store printed goods here, and then do on demand shipping for people. It's scary, dude. Like getting into something, you know, getting into the embroidery for the first time, getting into fulfillment. It's definitely new territory. But I don't look at it as a, like another revenue stream necessarily. I look at it as customer retention. You know, sure. if we find a couple of our big dogs saying hey we really need fulfillment um, I'm gonna do whatever I can to to bring that to them even though it's probably a little bit risky up front I, I, I hope that it'll pay out in the long run so that we can uh, you know be a good partner to the people that are requesting things over and over that's awesome Dominic this has been really insightful I I mean I learned a ton about you that I didn't know so that I, I love just yeah. listening about this going back any words of wisdom or advice that you'd give somebody else that was in your shoes maybe five years eight years ago i mean dude not to toot your horn but i will say that printables it's been a huge huge part of like our growth because man the front of the house has to stay clean you could be the best printers in the world but if you don't have like the right platforms in place to connect all the dots from the front of the house to the back of the house you're going to be scrambling that was a huge stepping stone for us I think if you're a, a good person and you're super, super hungry and driven, there's always going to be good things that come. It's just like you got to stick through like that, those really hard spots that are inevitable. But once you climb out on top, man, it's like it's all worth it. So 
I don't know, dude. I'm still, I don't have a ton of words of wisdom. I'm still, <laughs> no, I, I think those are great. But, I mean, and I appreciate the, the kind words as well. So thank you. Yeah, for sure. For Very sure. cool, Dominic. Well, I want to thank you again for being able to join us today and just sharing your story and getting into all the weeds here. This has been very, very cool. So Dominic's from Superior Ink Screen Printing out in Denver, Colorado. So if you see him, make sure to reach out on Instagram and be able to hang out in Denver. And then you guys can go get brunch at my favorite spot in the States. What what is that? Uh, Sassafras? Oh, yeah, dude. Sassafras is Yeah, my absolute favorite place is right there so next time i'll be out there for for snowboarding i'll hit you up too all right man it's a pleasure man i appreciate the time and i'm always stoked to talk to you thanks bruce all right